Welcome to If Then, the show about how technology is changing our lives and our future. I'm Will Oremus. And I'm April Glazer. Hey everyone, welcome to If Then. We're coming to you from Slate and Future Tense, a partnership between Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. We're recording this on the afternoon of Monday, April 9th, And yes, we're recording early this week in anticipation of Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's testimony to Congress this week. This is a very big deal in our little news world. That also means we will have a show recapping the hearings later this week. But today, we have interviews with members of Congress from both sides of the aisle who will be questioning Zuckerberg on Wednesday at his second hearing in Congress this week. That's right. We'll be speaking with Pennsylvania Republican Congressman Ryan Costello, Democratic Congressman Jerry McNerney from California, and Democratic Congressman Ruiz, also from California. These politicians are on the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which will be questioning Mark Zuckerberg after his first round of questioning from the Senate. Here's a clip with my first interview with Representative Costello on what he's expecting to come out of these hearings. No one should mistake this hearing as being the match that gets lit for some robust regulation that has clarity and that everyone agrees with. I don't see that happening. All right, April. Good to talk to you as always. How are you today? I am good. Good to open the week with you too, Will. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It is an unseasonably balmy 80 degrees down here in Santa Barbara today. I have a feeling it's going to feel hotter than that for Mark Zuckerberg when he's on Capitol Hill this week. Uh, Zuckerberg is making his whirlwind tour of D.C. prompted by the Cambridge Analytica scandal. That's the one you've no doubt heard about by now, in which Facebook says the data of 87 million users was harvested by the political consultancy that worked on behalf of Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Zuckerberg is testifying first on Tuesday before the Senate Judiciary and Commerce Committees. He'll talk about social media privacy and data security. And then on Wednesday, he'll be back to talk to the House Energy and Commerce Committee about the Cambridge Analytica data leak. And April, he's doing this all voluntarily, right? At least basically. Yeah, he's not being compelled in any way to show up. He agreed to show up. They asked him to show up. He finally said yes. And that means we don't really know the terms that he agreed to. It's probably going to be under oath. You generally can't lie to Congress. But, you know, we don't know because this is a voluntary uh, hearing and, and he might have uh, he might have, you know, negotiated something in advance. And I know British Parliament is jealous and a little angry that Zuckerberg is not going over there. He has said he will send a top deputy for their hearings on the Cambridge Analytica matter. In advance of the hearings, Facebook has been feverishly preparing. Zuckerberg has been on this media apology tour. They have talked to every publication you can imagine. He's been on TV. And not only that, but they've rolled out a whole bunch of seemingly substantive changes. So they've, they have changes in how they disclose advertisements, and in particular, political ads. They're going to start verifying the identity of advertisers to make sure they're not secretly you know, Russian agents from the Internet Research Agency. They are what else? Cracking down on the data that developers can have access to on Facebook users in all kinds of different ways. They're making progress on identifying fake accounts before elections. April, how substantive do you think all these changes are? I mean, Facebook is always interested in, quote, self-regulating. They want to make the case that, look, we, we understand we screwed up. We will fix it. You guys don't really have to get involved. Is this a persuasive case that they're making? 
I mean, the self-regulation case isn't necessarily persuasive because what's persuading them to self-regulate here is that the public is outraged, right? And that uh, and that the press picked up on the fact that, you know, different, you know, data mining firms like Cambridge Analytica and probably thousands of others, you know, harvested tons of data, probably of hundreds of millions of people who use Facebook off the platform and, and it landed, you know, who knows where on the black market uh, to be used to target us during political campaigns. You know, we just don't know. And, you know, Facebook is making these changes now, but they're making it after they've got heat for it. I would trust them more to self-regulate if they did it before there was a big problem, not afterwards. Yeah, it is interesting. We always seem to see these big announcements of changes by Facebook right before they're called to Washington to testify. (laughs) Probably not a coincidence there. Yeah. And, you know, the changes they're making are important. They are substantive. They are closing uh, a lot of their APIs that that used to be open that allowed, uh, you know, developers to scrape data off the platform. And these are not just APIs that developers use. Uh, this is also uh, something that Facebook had that allowed people to search for users with their phone number or email address. Facebook is closing the door on that because according to the CTO of Facebook, the chief technology officer who wrote in a blog post last week, most Facebook users have probably had their data harvested by folks who you know, took lists of email addresses or phone numbers that they already had and then searched Facebook for those and matched that with people's pictures and names and probably were able to create a, a, a pretty detailed kind of phone book with people's names and things like that uh, that could have been sold to advertisers. And, and you know, once you get someone's picture off Facebook, you also have their race or, you know, other things that they're interested in. It's hard to know what information could be pulled from that. Uh, so, it's it's good that they are closing these holes now, but it seems like pretty much everyone was compromised by the holes that were there for so long. And I'm looking forward to the interviews you did with several members of Congress who are going to be grilling Mark Zuckerberg this week to see what they hope to get out of these hearings. What do you hope to see here? I mean, what, what do you think would be worthwhile in terms of the types of questions they could ask or the types of answers we could get or legislation that, that could grow out of it? Well, Facebook is a private company, and, and you might agree with me here, but there are a lot of big question marks for me surrounding Facebook. And the biggest one is probably how does the news feed work, right? I mean, a lot of the conversation around uh, you know Facebook targeting people and uh, around fake news, around Russian interference, is that things were surfaced to folks based on their popularity that uh, that that weren't correct or that were uh, peddled by uh, you know agents that were backed by the Kremlin, right, or or, or fake advocacy groups, or were uh, actually ads that were being sent from dark money groups that didn't that didn't advertise who they were. Uh, I'm I'm curious to learn a lot more about that black box that kind of powers the newsfeed algorithm. I also want to learn more about uh, their advertising platform, right? I think this is a chance for Congress to really grill. Zuckerberg and find out how do you vet ads, right? Is it all just algorithmic? Because it seems like they've left a lot to software and the software really hasn't been responsible here. Uh, that's just one thing I want to know about. There's so many questions. Uh, Will, what, what, what do you want to know more about? I'm interested in whether Congress is going to try to push past these tweaks that are meant to close various data loopholes and look at the fundamental premise of Facebook's business. Maybe this is sort of what you're getting at as well when you talked about how the news feed works or how the ad platform works. But one of the things that I've that has stuck with me from the Cambridge Analytica scandal is that 
what happened here is Cambridge Analytica in some ways used Facebook just as it was designed to be used. I mm-hmm. mean, Facebook is an influence machine. It's, it's designed to hook users, get them coming back throughout the day, every day, and then find out more and more about them so that they can be targeted with various forms of persuasion. I mean, an ad is basically an attempt to persuade. Cambridge Analytica did that in service of trying to get Donald Trump elected. Obviously, it did it in shady ways, but basically this is, you know, this is the nature of Facebook. And does Congress want to press them on that uh, beyond just closing some of these very obvious loopholes that, that I think everybody agrees were pretty negligent on Facebook's part? Another thing that I really hope Congress asks Mark Zuckerberg or what I would ask if I had the chance uh, would, would, would be a question as to why shouldn't Congress regulate Facebook more, right? I mean, you know, is it really necessary for Facebook to know uh, who I was dating 10 years ago in order to market tennis shoes to me today, right? Is it necessary for them to hold so much data on us? Is it necessary for them to know that I was looking at plane tickets from another website, you know, to to, to advertise to th- things to me on Facebook and, and to target those ads to me? You know, are there, are there other ways that they could get the data that's less invasive and still have effective ad targeting? Does it have to be such a big dragnet? I would like Congress to ask Mark Mark Zuckerberg those questions in such a way that he has to actually justify their uh, massive data collection that that they do now, because it just seems so sprawling and so vast. And there aren't really many uh, checks on it unless journalists call them out and then they rush to publish a blog post saying that they're going to change their ways. Uh, I think this is a chance for Congress to really demand Mark Zuckerberg say, well, why why shouldn't we regulate you? Yeah. And in general, Congress has just taken such a hands off attitude toward Americans online privacy. There's a big contrast with how we've seen the EU take a more proactive stance to protecting users privacy. I wonder whether some in Congress will be shifting in that direction. I'm not holding out a ton of hope, but it would be nice to see Congress people up there acknowledging that it's partly their job too to protect uh, Americans data and privacy. Now, Zuckerberg did say last week in a phone call with reporters that Facebook does plan to extend the protections that are being granted in the EU to Americans as well. We're not sure what that's going to look like exactly. But what this does bring to light is the fact that data, at least for Europeans or or privacy, rather, is considered a right. But Sheryl Sandberg said in an interview last week with MSNBC, and she reminded us that there is no real full opt out for people who do not want their data collected on Facebook, but want to use Facebook or who don't want ads targeted to them on Facebook, but want to use Facebook. She said that would be a paid service to opt out of that completely. And I think that's a good reminder that in the United States anyway, privacy is a luxury, right? It's it's definitely considered a right. It's been protected in the EU. Uh, but, but in the U.S., uh, we're still under a regime where we would have to pay for that kind of privacy. Facebook has to make money somehow, though, right? And so either that's going to be targeting us with ads or it's going to be us paying for Facebook or some other way that we haven't thought of yet. But, you know, Sandberg's remarks do remind us that this is a company that, although we are dependent on it, also needs to make money somehow. And either we're paying for it or uh, we are the product. Yeah, that's a very popular saying these days, I've noticed. One other thing to look out for on Facebook's side is individual Facebook users don't have a lot of leverage or market power. I mean, you can deactivate your Facebook account. It's not going to really change Facebook's business any. And in fact, they have said that the delete Facebook campaign has not made a meaningful impact on their business. One thing I think could make a meaningful impact, though, is that Facebook's own employees seem to be growing disenchanted with the company to some extent. 
This is a company where there never used to be any leaks to the media. Everything was tight. The hatches were battened down. Now, almost everything that happens inside Facebook is getting leaked to the press. That's a sign that employees are have had their faith in the company shaken to some extent. And Facebook really relies on employees viewing it as a positive mission-driven company, not only for recruitment and retention of top engineering talent in Silicon Valley, but also to get these people to, to give their lives and, and work overtime, work day and night trying to make Facebook better. If they start to think that maybe Facebook is not a force for good in the world, that could be a bigger threat to its business long term than anything an individual Facebook user could do. Yeah, I'm sure employees do not like seeing all the bad headlines month after month for a company that they used to be very, very, or perhaps still are very, very proud to work for. All right, we're going to take a break and then we'll hear from some of the representatives who will be questioning Mark Zuckerberg this week in Congress. Okay, so let's now go to some members of Congress who will be speaking with Mark Zuckerberg this week. I had a chance to chat with Congressman Ryan Costello, a Republican from Pennsylvania, Democratic Congressman Jerry McNerney from California, and Congressman Ruiz, a Democrat from California. I started with Congressman Costello. There's not really specific legislation in mind around this hearing, but rather a desire to get Mark Zuckerberg to speak about all the major crises and scandals his company has been in the center of over the past year and a half or so. What are you most concerned about? Fake news, digital privacy, Russian interference? Digital privacy. And specifically, um, what are their business practices and at what point in time do their business practices if at all, need to be codified versus what maybe additional measures might need to be taken moving forward from a data minimization or uh, or data sharing perspective, Uh, again, if at all. I don't think that – I think a lot of people's frustrations or negative perception of Facebook is just the way people go about using Facebook, right, Mm -hmm. and what, what people see on Facebook which is more a testament to um, what people say than it is anything Facebook has done. But I do think it's it's a platform, and what type of responsibility uh, does a platform have? Congressman McNerney had this to say. I'm most interested in data privacy. Uh, The interference issue has a nexus with data privacy, so I think if we focus on David data privacy, we can really get to the crux of the matter and provide the most amount of protection uh, with with the most flexibility. So uh, one of the things I'm uh, pushing is the My Data Act, uh, which is the bill I proposed, and there's also a Senate version uh, with the same name. So there are ways to move forward here, I think, that would make sense, and I hope that we can uh, sort of flush that out on Wednesday. And just a reminder to listeners, the FTC is investigating Facebook right now in a non-public investigation as to whether or not Facebook broke rules that it was supposed to follow that the FCC wrote in 2011. Congressman McNerney, can you tell us a little bit more about the My Data Privacy Act? Sure. 
basically what the MyData Act does is it gives the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, the authority for rulemaking so that it can respond to events on the ground. Provides both for data security and privacy so, com so consumers will be more empowered uh, in the future. So uh, that's kind of the crux of the MyData Act. I asked if Republicans and Democrats disagree on any key parts of how Congress should respond to this. Here's Republican Congressman Costello. I would not organize this along party lines at all. If anything, I think that the very conservative and very liberal strands in the party probably may, may uh, my sense is they're much more critical Whereas I think my observation is a lot of center, more center-oriented lawmakers are trying to figure out what, if any, types of additional regulatory measures might be appropriate. Uh, the notion that somehow Congress is going to have hearings and then pass the law and, quote-unquote, fix Facebook, uh, that, is, that, is, that is not going to happen. I mean, that's not how Congress works, and that's not how I think we're going to be able to go about um, – swiftly resolving any of the errant behavior, E-R-R-A-N-T, errant behavior mm -hmm. that may have happened. And from the Democratic side, Congressman Ruiz. I think that, that we agree that there should be more uh, protections or that uh, consumer digital privacy is a priority. Uh, I, I think where we need to really hash out is how we're going to get there and what the role of government is going to be. You know, we see a lot of holes in the uh, the current state of affairs with Facebook. Uh, and so are we going to allow that to continue or will we as create uh, stronger uh, consumer protections, transparency, collaborations uh, with different federal agencies so that so that consumers can have a, a, a better uh, peace of mind knowing that their data is not going to be used by third parties for bad actions. Next, I asked about legislation. Since the Honest Ads Act is already out, and if Congress people want to support it, they can, and Facebook is supporting it, as they said last week, did they think there was a chance it could pass now? When just a couple of weeks ago, Zuckerberg said there was a slim chance of that happening. Congressman Ruiz again. I, I do. I do support that. Um, what's what's on everybody's minds right now is Russia. Uh, so I do support that. Not only is it a way to to ensure that that there's no illegal participation from non uh, citizens, but that uh, and and also funding of these ads by 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 non citizens and, uh, and foreign. Uh, entities, but uh, but also to determine what's what are the the motivations behind uh, the uh, the ads, just like we have on television. Congressman McNerney again. Um, I haven't um, co-sponsored that bill yet, but uh, it certainly looks promising, and I think it's going to get a lot of momentum after this uh, set of hearings, both in the Senate and the House. So uh, I wouldn't say that there's no chance for it to pass. I, I think there's an honest chance, especially with the 2018 election looming and people wanting to have some assurance that we're not going to have an interference in our elections from foreign countries. Congressman Costello. I would not. Look, that is not the panacea. That's not going to solve all of the problems here. That's just 
that's one little sliver here, and that relates to uh, the way campaigns campaigns are conducted, and frankly, the ability of anybody to uh, do uh, partisan, you know, uh, campaign advocacy without any disclosure. Um, and so I, that should change, right? I've always felt that. I've always felt that. I always, candidly, it was a loophole, right? I mean, I view it as a, I've, I've viewed it as a loophole in campaigns, and and now that it has become much more, I mean, it becomes more prevalent every single election cycle. I think it's that much more important. And the big question: Do you think that Facebook needs to be regulated? I, I think that's pretty much going to be it. There's going to be there's an ideological blockage of, of regulations right now, and I I, I think. Um, it's unfortunate because in this case, some amount of regulation may be beneficial. But I'll tell you what, uh, you want to make sure that if you do create regulations, that it doesn't just solidify Facebook's place in the market. And then that's one of the possible outcomes. So we have to move very carefully and give the FTC or the FCC the right guidance in how they move forward. That was Congressman McNerney. Congressman Costello had this to say. So I look. I'm a Republican, right? I'm a yeah. I, most people would say I'm pretty middle of the road Republican. My resistance in regulating anything is not wanting to regulate something unless and until I know that the regulation is going to accomplish the objective. It's not going to be too broad or ambiguous or contradict itself. So that's so to the extent that you would use the term resistance, I would say it's that. It's not some sort of. Um, that's not a company-specific reluctance or even an industry-specific reluctance. That's just a philosophical reluctance. And that once once you get the sort of factual information in order to feel more comfortable with the regulation, that's fine. And here we're talking about a very sophisticated, kind of opaque business model, right? Like that's just a fact, right? That's what tech is, and tech has always been very reluctant and very guarded. For good reason, because in part because it's how they make money, right? But also, it's very easy for other tech companies to sort of mine um, another tech company and take their business model and use it themselves, right? And to follow up, is there resistance to regulating Facebook and Internet platforms generally? What is that resistance? Does any of it have to do with the fact that members of Congress rely on Facebook to get elected with targeted advertising, too? No, I, I would actually make the argument that Facebook has allowed for more organic grassroots activity for those that aren't in office to organize against elected officials and to be critical of elected officials in ways that uh, allow them to share that with other constituents. So if anything, it's probably been more disruptive to the establishment political system. And I would venture to say that any elected official in Congress would agree with that. I mean, that's the irony here is is that some, you know, it, to the extent that anyone would argue that oh, it's members of Congress they want to keep it as is because they benefit from it. I would I would argue the opposite. And just a note, I didn't get to ask Congressman Costello this, but the ACLU did send a letter to him complaining that he had blocked members of his district on Facebook from commenting to him. Next, I asked about the fact that the U.S. doesn't have a comprehensive privacy law, but the EU does, and that's going into effect at the end of May. I wanted to know whether or not Congressman McNerney thought those EU protections should be shared with Americans, too. Well, I I like that discussion, April. Yes, the Europeans are ahead of us on this one, and I think Americans are feeling 
that they want more control over their online data privacy. I can tell you, um, some uh, polling shows 90% of Americans that feel like they've lost control. So uh, it's in Facebook's interest and Google's interest and all these other edge providers' interest that we uh, make sure that they do comply with, with basic standards. I also want to ask about what we might expect this week, since Zuckerberg and Facebook have become experts at spinning and downplaying the Cambridge Analytica story, and they've done a kind of apology tour. I wanted to know what does Congress hope to get out of these hearings, and what might be the best outcome? Once again, Congressman Ruiz. I think the best thing that can come out of this is that Mark Zuckerberg uh, commits to the different, uh, filling in the different gaps that currently exist with oversight, implementation, uh, accountability, transparency, uh, and starts to take steps and that uh, he will join the call for smart consumer protections uh, that, uh, that, that American citizens have come to rely on with other large industries. And here's Congressman McNerney. Well, again, I think the best is if we have a deep understanding of what went wrong, because there's there's other companies at Facebook, certainly, that have a lot of user information. If we can understand what went wrong and give the uh, FTC the authority to to regulate uh, to the degree necessary, but it all, I think another good thing that's going to come of this is that it's going to be aired publicly, that people will be able to see uh, that... Facebook is promising these things, and hopefully they'll make sure that in their personal use of Facebook, that if they don't see those things being delivered, that they stop using it. So as I would advise Mr. Zuckerberg, it's in their own interest to to come clean on, not only come clean, but to really do set standards for data security. And once again, Congressman Costello. The best thing that could happen would be that we would have some bipartisan prevailing sentiment on what to do or what not to do. No one should mistake this hearing as being um, a match that gets lit for some robust regulation that has clarity and that everyone agrees with. I don't see that happening. I think that, and the other thing is, we're going to have to separate, this hearing is about a a multitude of things. The Russia investigation type stuff, that's the easy thing, right? That relates to election interference and what we're going to do moving forward to have more clarity and more oversight over foreign actors trying to disrupt our political system. I think that the Cambridge analytical, you know, taking an app and then handing over data and somebody uses it inappropriately and what data, what is data privacy and what are people entitled to and how long can they have their data for and who can it be shared with? and what sort of um, internal algorithmic behavior must a company undertake with that data? You know, how do they go about using it responsibly? And what's the difference between using someone's data responsibly and irresponsibly? And when can it be monetized? And when can it not be? And who can monetize it? That's a complex set of questions. And we're not going to get to the bottom of that in one, in, in hearings. I mean, and that's where I'm suggesting that the regulatory agencies are much better positioned to not only um, provide a set of standards, but also to enforce those standards. 
We want to thank Congressman Ruiz, Jerry McNerney, and Ryan Costello for speaking with us today. That's going to do it for our show, but we will be back later this week to talk about everything that happened in the Senate and in the House with Mark Zuckerberg getting grilled. You know, Will, I'm curious, Mark Zuckerberg is sometimes branded as this kind of naive, techie dude. Sometimes he's uh, branded as what she is, the CEO of one of the most successful companies in the world, at least one of the most valuable companies in the world. Which Mark Zuckerberg do you think we're going to see this week? That's a great question. There was actually a New York Times story about how he's been essentially taking lessons in charm as he prepares for these sessions. I think we'll probably see the Mark Zuckerberg that we saw on TV and that we've seen in media interviews recently. He's going to try very hard to come across as thoughtful. He's going to try to come across as humble. He does not want to come across as the uh, arrogant business tycoon who ruthlessly crushes any competitor who stands in his way, even though that is undoubtedly part of what he does. But he also doesn't want to look like this naive nerd who's just like haplessly running a company, right? Yeah. And and I think he has at times resorted to that when he gets a tough question in these interviews. He goes back to the fact that he built this in his dorm room 15 years ago as if, you know, he couldn't be expected right. to anticipate that anything bad would happen because of Facebook's origin story. Right. How could he have expected this? Well, we're going to talk about that and more later this week following the hearings in Congress. We hope you'll join us for that show, too. And we'll also have the return of Don't Close My Tabs. You can get updates about what's coming next by following us on Twitter at IfThenPod. You can also email us at ifthen at slate.com. You can follow me and Will on Twitter as well. I'm at April Laser, and Will is at Will Aremus. And if you like this show, please help us spread the word. We'd really appreciate if you could leave us a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. That's one of the most crucial ways that we can get the word out about the show. Thanks. If Then is a production of Slate and Future Tense, a partnership between Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. Our producer is Max Jacobs. Our theme music was composed by Doug Chase. Thanks to Don Aulis at A Room with a VU in Santa Barbara. And thanks to Alberto Hernandez at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley. We'll see y'all later this week for our second episode. Music.